this is Carrie, and I love puzzles. Anybody that knows me knows that I like putting a puzzle together. And I am really good at putting the obesity treatment puzzle together. I want to bring you my knowledge, share with you, dissect each topic, and explain why it's so important for you to understand that each topic plays a very important role with the management of obesity and the treatment for obesity. Let's keep learning and building our masterpiece towards health and wellness. Welcome back. Excited to talk to you today about body mass index, really what that means, who created it, why the medical community still uses it, and why other medical communities don't use it anymore. So basically, body mass index is used as an indicator of our health, our overall health status. If we are overweight or underweight, and it's been used literally for years. Body mass index is a simple calculation that takes our weight in kilograms divided by the square height in meters. So it's a very basic calculation and it's an easy reference point for medical providers to review and see basically how healthy you are. But there's a lot of controversy around body mass index, otherwise BMI, and if we should even be using it anymore. So BMI was invented in the 1830s by a Belgian statistician, sociologist, and astronomer who took an interest in mathematician and science related to the general population. He came up with the body mass index to evaluate the social implications of why people died. He was not a health professional or a physician. He was basically a mathematician who came up with this and applied that people with a higher BMI had a higher mortality rate. If we fast forward to 1972, there was a physiologist named Ansel Keys that actually gave body mass index its official name. Ansel Keys took an interest in this, but he was not a medical professional, <laughs> just like the first creator of the BMI. But he took a special interest uh, saying that it qualified human health on an individual basis. Therefore, the medical community adopted this as one of its measuring tools of health status. So I'll quickly go over the normal indexes for BMI. I had stated this in one of my previous podcasts, but BMI 18 to 24.9 is considered normal weight. A BMI of 25 to 29.9 is considered overweight. A BMI of 30 to 40 is considered obese, and a BMI over 40 is considered morbidly obese. These numbers do not take into account uh, men versus women, and really the issues with BMI is not one size fits all. It doesn't take into account all the free fat mass, meaning muscle mass, fat percentage, water weight, bone mass. So it's a very rudimentary measure for overall health status. 
Unfortunately, BMI has um, stuck around for so long and has gotten leverage now that we have insurance companies and other medical professionals, such as pharmaceutical companies, really depending on the BMI number uh, to either provide coverage for certain disease processes or deny coverage for certain disease processes. So this really is a frustration of mine as a medical weight loss provider because certain medications are only approved if somebody has a BMI over 30. So if you think about disease management, chronic disease management such as obesity, there's other chronic diseases such as hypertension. When we put somebody on a blood pressure medicine and their blood pressure comes back down to normal, to refill their blood pressure medicine, the insurance company doesn't ask us what their blood pressure numbers are before they will refill that medication. But albeit with obesity management, they want to know what the current BMI status is of somebody that may be on a weight loss medication. If that weight loss medication is working and their BMI drops below 30, more often than not, the insurance company denies the medication. Then that causes a peer-to-peer -peer review and some education with the insurer or the pharmacy, but it is very labor-intensive and a lot of times we do not gain ground or any momentum to continue those obesity medications or treatment. That means medical office visits, health coach visits, behavioral health modification, surgical referrals, all of that. So BMI is very race biased. It was created basically from white male data. Females were not involved and children were not involved. We now have growth curves and monitoring for children's growth and development, but Again, it is based on the fact of the BMI that was created many, many years ago. So many people of our population are so hung up on the BMI that it really has caused some folks to adopt a disordered eating pattern because they're obese or overweight on the BMI scale, but they have a huge muscle mass and they're really trying to change their eating patterns and physically get their weight lower, but essentially they're a very healthy, normal person. So with that, thankfully, our society has gotten smarter and adopted other measures to determine health status. So really the driving force is to measure body fat percentage. There has been many correlations with body fat percentage, the higher it goes, the higher your risk of developing insulin resistance, diabetes, coronary artery disease, etc. And the mortality rate with a higher fat percentage goes up. All right, so there's about 10 different ways to measure body fat percentage. Some are very basic and simple and then others are very complex. So starting with some of the basic things is the skin fold caliper test. So you can do three points of measurement or seven points of measurement on the body with calipers 
and women versus men, there are guidelines of how to calculate your body fat percentage. Another simple way to do it is body circumference measurements. So specifically, neck circumference and waist circumference. It has been known that having a larger waist, more fat tissue around your midsection leads to higher health risks and more diseases such as diabetes, heart disease, etc. Then you start getting into the more complex measurement tools which can be costly and not readily available. So a DEXA scan can actually measure your body fat percentage as well. There's hydrostatic weighing, meaning that you submerge yourself in water and take an exhalation breath out and then calculate your body fat percentage from that. Then there's a really cool measurement called air displacement plethmismography, which is the bod pod. It looks like a big egg and <laughs> you sit in it. I've actually seen one of these and it will calculate the air displacement according to your body habitus inside of this air capsule. And then there are several different versions of bioelectrical impedance analysis devices that take electrical current from the toes to your head and figure out the density of the tissue and then it could calculate fat mass, muscle mass, bone mass, and total weight. So this is really what I use in my practice. We have a biometric impedance scale, a body analyzer, uh, that works pretty darn well. Then the last one is a 3D body scanner, which is really cool but quite expensive. It's a 3D body scanner using infrared sensors and you stand on a rotating platform and it rotates your body around 360 degrees mapping your whole body. So let's talk about really who's gotten on board with veering away from BMI or just using that as one of their tools but really getting into fat percentage measurements and more accuracy with determining health status. So the U.S. Army will use the BMI but they also take several measurements of the neck, abdomen, and arms to determine fat status. The American College of Sports Medicine also uses it. The Obesity Medicine Association, where I've received my education, prefers to use body fat percentage. And also the WHO, meaning the World Health Organization, uh, uses it and recommends body fat percentage as a more accurate accounting for overall health status. So let's talk about body fat percentage norms. So for a woman, age 20 to 39, her average body fat should be between 21 and 32%. As she ages, so age 40 to 59, that body fat percentage slightly goes up, so the normal range would be 23 to 33%. And when she becomes 60 to 79 years of age, the body fat percentage goes up to 24 to 35%, which is all within normal range. Now for men, ages 20 to 39, the average body fat percentage is 8 
to 19%. As they age 40 to 59 years old, the fat percentage can go up to 11 to 21%. And in older age of 60 to 79 years old, their body fat percentage can go up to 13 to 24%. Now, according to the American College of Sports Medicine, we can safely lower our body fat percent as low as 10% in a female, and believe it or not, as low as 3% in a male. Now, in one of my previous podcasts, I talked about fat (laughs) at length. So there are two major types of fat. We have body fat, which is our subcutaneous fat. That's that muffin top that folds over our pants, our abdomen, extra fat around our arms, our neck. And then there's what's called visceral fat. This fat is embedded within our chest cavity, our organs, and within our blood vessels. Visceral fat triggers release of hormones and inflammation. It can infiltrate some of our organs, such as our liver, and we could develop fatty liver disease if our visceral fat is too high. So with all this information, as an obesity medicine provider, I would strongly encourage that medical practices at least adopt waist and neck circumference in addition to BMI. So the average weight circumference was developed and supported by the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey in 2015. So they came up with average numbers for men and women. So average waist circumference for a man is 40.2 inches, and an average waist circumference for a woman is 38.6 inches. Further data was obtained in 1999 to 2000 with several research studies, again from the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey, stating that within these normal ranges, a person was deemed to be healthier. So when these numbers got larger, they saw more mortality and morbidity with larger, higher numbers of waist circumference. All right, in addition to the waist circumference, they also studied the correlation with neck circumference as a result from their studies in 2020, saying that an enlarged neck circumference also is an indicator of health. So for an average neck size for a man, it should be 15.2 inches. And for an average neck size for a woman, it should be 13.1 inches. So there is a direct correlation with an increased neck circumference directly correlating with our BMI and what percentile we fall in. Okay, with all that data, I really strongly encourage people not to focus on BMI. When they come to see me, even though BMI is part of our biometric scale reading, I try to educate and fear people to really look and focus at that body fat percentage. 
as a goal, as a goal marker, not get so hung up on BMI. You know, they look at where their range is supposed to be and they get frustrated and they say, well, I'm still in the overweight category. I said, no, but look at all the things that you've changed with your health status. You are healthy. We've changed your muscle mass. I mean, your bone mass, your water intake, your total body water, extracellular, intracellular water has all improved. Your visceral fat has gone down. It's really the big picture of getting healthy, not just focused on that BMI number. You know, as a provider, I try to take an active role and try to educate other providers, be on committees, really attend um, and follow the obesity medicine blogs, etc., to try to really change the thought process and the momentum of not sticking with this BMI number. I think this has gotten us in trouble with insurance companies, even qualifying for bariatric surgery. It's all based on BMI, which is just ridiculous in my opinion. So really, I hope in the future and not only myself as an obesity medicine provider, but other providers too will speak up and write legislation and really promote um, the use of body fat percentage measurements. And I would love to see BMI go away altogether because that is not an indicator of health. And I think... BMI has really gotten some people into trouble as far as disordered eating patterns and their self-image and self-esteem. I mean, you look at when you're in school and the nurse comes and checks your height and weight and tells you what your BMI is. I remember this when I was a kid. You know, they would tell me in front of the rest of my PE class what my BMI was and how much of an impact that has on your own body image and your self-esteem. Okay, so to wrap it up, I'll get off my soapbox, but me personally, I do not like the index of BMI, and I don't put a lot of weight or validity into it, and I try to teach my patients that as well. So hopefully now you know going forward that there is so much more to the big picture of overall health status and not just that stupid number. (laughs) Again, here's another piece of the puzzle, right? Putting it all together of really obtaining and understanding your overall health and well-being. Thank you for listening.